Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, dear God, and we bless you, Father. We just bless you, God, for this day that you have allowed us to see this day that you have given to us. God, when we went to bed last night and got up this morning, you just dispatched to us a whole nother batch of brand new mercies. And God, we just thank you, dear Lord, because if it was like yesterday, we're going to use them all up today. So dear Father, we just thank you, dear God. We thank you for the service. We thank you for this corporate worship. We thank you for the prayers and, and, we, and we thank you for the fellowship. And we just thank you, God, as, as we have come together as part of your body of Christ to lift you up and to reverence you and to glorify you. It's nothing like worship is coming together corporately to give you praise and to give you honor. And now as we come to this time uh, of your word, dear Father, I'll never forget, God, what you told me when you called me into ministry and, and I stood and said to you, I have nothing to say to these people. And you said to me with the quickness, you right, you don't, but I have everything to say. And so God, I'm praying that you will speak today because I have nothing to say in the name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. 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 Would you please meet me in the book of Mark, the fourth chapter, going to a very familiar passage here. Mark the fourth chapter at the 35th verse. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Mark 4, the 35th verse. And we're going to read from verse 31 over to 41. Real familiar story. Some of you probably start used to read this in Sunday school and Bible school studies. When you're there, Say amen. amen. And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm rose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and then said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Somebody ask your neighbor, Who can this be? Now tell your other neighbor, I know who he is. I know who he is. Tell him I spoke to him this morning. I know who he is. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Several years ago, um, um, I, did, I did a message from this passage, and uh, it, was, it was called The Perfect Storm. Some of you may remember. And 
And the central idea of that um, particular message was that on life's journey, on this journey that we are on called life, uh, we are to expect unexpected storms. We are to expect unexpected storms. Um, those storms that come at us with a vengeance and that can flip our world just upside down. And, and although we are to expect trials and, and, and tribulations and we expect our faith to be tested, we, the Bible tells us we're going to be tested. If I can be honest, and I think I can speak to it for everyone in this room, none of us like going through trials and tribulations. If there's anyone in here who does, God bless you, you're a good person. <laughs> but I, I don't like going through a whole lot of changes. I don't like going through a whole lot of trials and tribulations. But what we can say and what the word tells us is because, because God uses all of our experiences, everything that we go through, everything that comes our way, everything he permits, uh, that the byproduct of such seasons um, has the potential of leaving us with greater faith and patience. Those are the things that come out of our experience. And so from this particular passage, many of you have heard numerous sermons that have been preached from this particular passage. And, and, and normally when, when those sermons are preached, it is usually focused on the disciples in the boat with Jesus and the struggle that they're going through during the time of storm. But in, you, in reading Mark's version, Mark tells us something that Matthew and Luke don't mention. And what Mark records is that it was not just Jesus and the disciple in their boat, but there were other little boats that were out there with him. And this morning, that's what I want to focus on. We want to talk about the other little boats. The other little boats. Now, Mark is very detailed in this passage because uh, he says specifically that there were other boats, there were little boats, but he clearly says they were with him. Which says to us that these boats weren't just randomly out there. It wasn't a coincidence that they just happened to have been out on the water. But these boats were intentionally following Jesus. They were with Jesus. And so he's clear. But then that's all Mark says. He leaves us right there. He just simply says that there are other little boats out there. And so now we know that whenever um, we see something in scriptures, and because we know that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, then we have to assume there must be something there that inspired, that is a reason why God inspired Mark to record that. Now, even though Mark wasn't necessarily an eyewitness, we believe Peter was the eyewitness to it, to say to Mark, look here, dude, there were some other boats out there on the water with us. And so we want to just look at well, what, what, is, what, could have, what could this mean? What, what can we draw from these other little boats. If you just want to just step back for a moment, we just want to set the stage and for a moment, because as we go through, especially around in Mark 3, Mark 2 and 3 and coming on up, we find that for several days, a multitude of people were coming from all around the region, and they were coming to hear Jesus preach and to teach 
and also they were coming to be healed. They were coming to be healed from all types of diseases. They were coming to be, to be set free from all type of oppressive, evil spirits. And, and back then, you know, most of the time, it ne- wasn't necessarily evil spirits. It was people dealing with mental illness. And so he was coming to, to free their minds and to free their bodies. And so, and so the crowd had been following Jesus to the point that when we look back over in chapter 3, he says to the disciples, he said, prepare me a boat. Have me a boat when I go down to preach because I don't want the crowd, I don't want the crowd to crush me. Uh, because there were so many people that were coming uh, down to where Jesus was that the only way to avoid being crushed by the crowd was for him to, to get into the boat and to push out from a little distance. And so they would put some distance between himself and the, the crowd that was coming to hear him. And so what Jesus did was, was that he really just turned his boat into a pulpit. He turned his boat into a pulpit. Now, let me just pause right there because the ministers in training will tell you that the main questions, that question that I asked them, where is your pulpit? Where, where, where is your pulpit? Where has God called you specifically to minister? Because, because see, this is the thing. This is, God called me to this pulpit. I just need to make, you know what I mean? So, so where is your pulpit? Where is your passion? Where is it that God has put, God has put into you to go out and to serve his people? What is it that God has given to you to serve other people? And when we look at Jesus and, and his pulpit, we will find Jesus is rarely in anybody's temple or synagogue. You don't see him out in anybody's temple. You saw him when he was 12 years old. You might catch him and when, and when he went to kick some people out. But when it, when it comes down to where is Jesus' pulpit, we find that Jesus uh, was where the people were. He was where the people were. He went, he went out to where the people resided. He didn't look for the people to come into the temple where he was. Now, let me just repeat that one more again. He didn't wait for the people to come to the temple where he was, but he went out to the people. He went into their towns. He went into their communities. He was out in their streets. He was in places where saved people wouldn't go. So Jesus was out there, and, 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 so, and so the same thing is for us to understand is that Jesus is showing us that where his pulpit was, and he was out in the, in the boat, he was pushed off a distance from the shore. Now, on the day that this took place, Jesus had been preaching all day long. He'd been preaching, and he'd been healing. And most pastors would tell you, after most of the time we've gone through a sermon and even though it might be only 35, 40 minutes, we tired. <laughs> Preach, he was preaching all day long. And not only was he preaching all day long, but he was healing and touching and he was ministering to people. And so by the time that Jesus got there we're to the boat and after a long day and the crowd was pressing in on him and on top of that, it was hot. And he said to the, he said to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. It was time for him to leave this place of ministering and to now go into another region where he was going to carry the word. But in between 
where he was and going over, he needed a moment to rest. He, he needed himself to get himself together. Because even though Jesus was 100% God, he was also 100% man. And the man side of him, the humanity side of him, had been out preaching and teaching and healing all day long under the, the, the heat of, the, of that sun, and, and he was exhausted. And so Jesus tells us, just demonstrating by action, that it's important to know when you need to go somewhere and shut yourself down. Okay? That you need to know there's a time for rest. There's a time to step away, to replenish. Because sometimes we think that because we're in ministry, that our calendars need to be filled every day. And if there's anything that's open, and if somebody asks us to do something, that we need to fill it up. That's not so. You need a time of Sabbath. You need a time of rest to rejuvenate yourself so that you can move into the next cycle of whatever God has called you to do. So he needed this time of rest. And so as he gets into the boat, um, he, he, he shuts himself down and it says he falls out to sleep. And he's asleep on the stern. And while he's asleep, here comes the storm. Now one thing out on the Sea of Galilee, uh, the storms come up all the time. It's because of where it's located. So you will have the cool air coming down over the mountains, and it will meet the warm air that's coming across the Sea of Galilee, and boom, there you have. You have these storms, and it will come up suddenly. But the thing of it is, is that it wasn't unusual for the storms to happen. It wasn't unusual, but when we look at this moment, it comes off as an unusual moment. And the reason it comes off as an unusual moment, because in the boat with Jesus, you have professional fishermen. You have, you have people who do, their, their, their vocation was to work out on the sea. The Sea of Galilee was not a strange body of water for them. They were familiar with that body of water. But yet, and they had been through many storms out on that body of water, but this particular storm uh, put some fear into them that they've never had before. And that is the part that kind of fascinates me, that this, this storm, that although they have navigated through storms for before, this storm appeared to be just a little bit too much. It appeared to be something that they had never experienced before. Has anybody ever in here been through a storm that you have never experienced before? You don't have some storms. But have you ever had one of those storms you have never seen before? It seems like the wind is blowing just a little bit differently than before. And it's been a little bit unpredictable as to how it's moving. And I'm not talking about the, the, the weather storm. I'm talking about storms of life that we would come through. But this time, it, it, was, it was going differently. It was going differently. And so I can just imagine if you just allowed my, allow my imagination go. That here they are busy bailing, trying to bail this water out, trying to keep this boat afloat, dealing with a storm that they never dealt with before. And then somebody realized that there's somebody missing who ain't helping to bail out this water. And I believe somebody realized, if not all of them, realized that while they were out there fighting to keep this boat afloat, somebody by the name of Jesus was asleep back at the stern. Now, and I'm sure they were feeling some kind of way, if we want to be honest, that we're trying to keep this boat afloat and you over here sleeping. 
And I can just imagine, if you'll just work with me a little bit, because I just know how I think. <laughs> I'm sure somebody said, the only reason we out here in this storm is because you said, let's go to the other side. I know somebody said it. Somebody, somebody said it. Somebody said, I just think like that, but maybe not. You know what I mean? Your only reason we out here is because you said, you said, let's go to the other side. I was good on the shore. I was good staying in my lane. You asked me to step outside my comfort zone and do something I've never done before. Now I'm out here and all of this is going on around me. I didn't ask for this drama. I didn't ask for nobody to be talking about me. I didn't ask to be backstabbed and I go looking for you and I can't find you. Anybody ever been there? Somebody will think that. So now, Jesus, I'm going to look for you and you out there sleep. I'm out here battling. I'm out here going through all of these changes. Seemed like the worst thing that ever happened to me because I was good where I was. But you asked me. You had the bright idea. Come on. Let's go over to the other side. I wasn't tired. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can sometimes get so caught up in our own issues and our own struggles to stay afloat that we sometimes feel like we're the only ones out there battling the storm. We feel like the only ones out there. And the reality is, and that's where I think these other little boats come in. The reality is, is that there are other little boats out on the same sea, fighting the same battle that we are fighting, dealing with the same fears that we are dealing with, going through the darkness of night, just like we're going through the darkness of night, and going through the same struggles. You see, you see the same way that the disciples' boat was filling up with water as a result of the storm. Those little boats were being filled up with water, and they were being battered by the wind and the waves, just like the boat that Jesus was in. But the only difference was Jesus wasn't in their boat. Jesus was in their boat. And so it was in the other people in the disciples' boat. So while we are so preoccupied with the storm of our life, it's easy for us to forget that there are other little boats that are out there on the sea of life fighting the same storm. They're fighting the same battle. They're going through the same changes. There are other little boats whose husbands or wives have walked out on them. There are other little boats who are being overwhelmed by grief. There are other little boats who are robbing Peter to pay Paul. There are other little boats who are battling an illness or going through or going to a job that they hate. There are other little boats. There are other people going through what we are facing but so often we can't see past our storm. We can't see past what's happening in our boat. We can't see past our struggle. 
until someone like Mark comes along to remind us that there were other little boats experiencing the same exact storm and the only difference was Jesus wasn't riding with them. But yet the scripture says they were with him. They were with him. So, 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 so how does that work? So they go back and they wake Jesus up. Jesus, come on. Do you not care? And I just imagine Jesus got up just as chill. I mean, because think about it, which, you know, we lose, but I guess he said, I created all of this. But let me get up here and calm these folks down. And he gets up and he goes out and, 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 and he calms the storm for the men in the boat that Jesus was in. But when he calmed the storm for them, y'all know where I'm going? He also calmed the storm for the other little boats. He, he, when, when Jesus said, blessed them and said, peace be still to the people in this boat, and the disciples' boat, peace also hovered over, and the storm was calm for the other little boats. Uh, you see, you see, the disciples, when the disciples ran to Jesus out of fear for their lives, they were only thinking about themselves. They were not thinking about there were some other boats out there. They were only thinking about saving themselves. What can Jesus do for me? They weren't considering that there were others following him. And so, yet, yet when Jesus spoke peace, it was also for the other little boats. The other little boats should serve us as a reminder that when we are going through our own personal storms, when we are going through hell and back, that there are other people going through too. So while you're praying for yourself, God cover those that I do not know who are dealing with the same storm. Who are dealing with the same storm. And so as he's going through and, and they're battling, and, 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 and which brings me down to my last point, to getting ready to sit down here. Mark, Mark, when I notice, again, he, he, he just says there were other little boats. He doesn't say anything else. Mark doesn't tell us why the other boats follow Jesus. He doesn't say. So, 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 so it leaves us to our imagination because he's clear that they were with him. They're clear. He's clearly stating they were with him. There was no mistake about that. So here's the thing. A couple of reasons I'm just thinking. Probably be more. So we don't know, because it's, 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 we definitely know it's a high probability that the people in the other boat were among the multitude. And they heard Jesus preach. And, and, they, heard, and they heard him teaching. And, 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 and it's possible when they heard Jesus say to the disciples, let us go over to the other side, they decided we're going to go with them. Because they overheard him, and they, and, and they probably go like, I want to I follow him. I, I want to, we want to go wherever he's going to get more of this preaching, to get more of this teaching, to get, to get more of this healing. Um, so they decide, we, we're going to go wherever, we're going to go wherever Jesus goes. But then there's another thought. Maybe they didn't hear 
all of Jesus' preaching. Or, or maybe they could have, but maybe didn't fully grasp everything that was going on. But, but perhaps they weren't so much looking at Jesus, but looking at the men who were following Jesus. See, it's a good possibility they knew some of them brothers who were hanging out there with Jesus. Somebody probably knew Matt, I mean, knew uh, Peter. And they go like, now Peter is a fisherman. But not only was Peter was a fisherman, Peter was a cusser. Peter would curse you out in a heartbeat. I mean, because you know, scripture would tell you, I mean, how quick Peter come off. You know, you can be saved, but still cuss a little. You know, I'm not saying do that. But there's a whole lot of people who love the Lord, but still cuss a little bit. Can I get into witnesses? Y'all don't, don't say anything, you know what I mean? You don't have to say nothing. Oh, something got happening. Something going to slip out your mouth and it's going to... Yeah. There's a whole lot of people who love the Lord, they cuss a little bit. You know, so so somebody, <laughs> somebody probably saw Peter and go now. Okay, now Peter, Peter with him, Pete, Peter with him. It must be something about this man Jesus, because we know where Peter's from and what Peter's all about. But Peter's a different man now. He might cuss a little bit, but his heart has changed. He still might say some things, but we see Peter walking a little bit differently now. Uh, maybe he was, he was just taking a little bit of Peter. And then it could have been somebody else who saw Matthew over in the crowd. And they know who Matthew is. Matthew was the tax collector. He was that joker who had been stealing from them. And somebody said, I remember him because he came to my house and stole from me. But now why is a thief, a crooked man like Matthew, doing with a man like Jesus? It must be something up with this Jesus that this thief over here has changed his ways and now he's following this man of God. There has got to be something about this man of God to change Change Matthew. Some of y'all know the only reason why some of your family members came to Christ was because God changed you first. You were hell on wheels. And when they saw a change in your little life and how you start changing, somebody said, Wait a minute. There must be a God somewhere because if it got you straight, sure enough, he must be the real deal. Let me go to church and find out who he is. I got any witness in here. Go ahead and get the Lord a praise if you was one of them. If you were one of them, one of them hell raises that God had to change first so your family could get changed. The Lord is really good. And then, and then not only was Matthew out there, then it was, then it was Simon. Simon, Simon was the protester. Simon was the what? He was out to get the man. Only thing, it's nothing wrong with going out after the establishment trying to get the man, but you got to do it the right way. Simon was going out to stir up. He was going to start a riot. He was going to start a revolt. Simon was going to march on everybody. He was going to do whatever he needed to do. But somebody saw Simon. Somebody saw Simon. 
And say it again. Now look at here. That Peter. That Matthew. And then that joke of Simon. It is something about this man. We're going to follow him. We're going to follow him because they are following him. See, sometimes people are following you because of how you are following God. They see the God in you. And so they're venturing out. And so the thing over there is I bet you they can say, now, if, 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 if Jesus can change them, he must can change me. Because I know where they've come from. I know their story. So, so the, again, the point is because you, because you and I are, are followers of Jesus Christ, there's always going to be someone somewhere watching us. And, and our direct influence, our direct influence it is strong. It's really strong. Our direct influence, those people that we have one-on-one contact with, that's a strong thing. But you know what? I think our indirect influence is stronger because they don't have, they don't have a one-on-one contact with you. They, the only thing they have in, in relationship with you is what they see, what they observe. But they don't have a conversation with you. They've never sat down with you. They just, they just watch how you move and how you handle different situations, and, and, and I think to, to positively influence someone based off of your action is really greater than influencing someone who you know personally. And let me, let me just give you further reason why. The disciples were, were fighting to keep their boat from sinking. They were doing everything they can. They were bailing out the water. They were rowing hard. They were, they were doing all that they had previously learned because, again, they have been in storms before. And so they were just taking all of their experience and doing what they had to do to try to keep this boat afloat. And, and, but the thing is, the, little, the, the, the people in the little boats couldn't see the fear and the desperation on the disciples. They couldn't see what the disciples were going through. All they could see was possibly a faint light that was back on the stern of the boat and that to let them know that at least if we can keep our focus on that light on the back of the boat, then at least we know we're heading in the right direction. Sometimes people are just looking for that little light on the back of your boat just to know they're in the storm too. They're in the storm too. But they see just a little flicker of light and they're going like, okay, they're heading this way. I'm going I'm to head long with them. I'm, I'm going to head. They don't know you're scared. They don't know. They don't know that you're afraid. All they see is that little light sitting up on the back of the boat and they're saying, if, if I can follow that, I know that I'm heading there in the right direction because the people are following you because they know that you are with Jesus. You don't know that although you're with Jesus that you're going through changes. They don't know. They don't know that. And so they're, they're following you. And, and, and so they just see where you're going. And, and, and now here's the thing. We, we are not consciously, we're not consciously thinking about those other little boats. 
We're not thinking about other people who are out there going through those storms that we're going through. We're not thinking about people going through struggles because, again, we're only thinking about our own storm. We're only thinking about what we're dealing with. And our reality is we are struggling with our own, through our own faithlessness. Because sometimes we're in a storm. I don't know about you, but my faith has been shaken. Now I had to ask, where are you? Where are you? That's the reality of it. And I don't care how strong or how long you've been or how long you've been following Jesus Christ. There will come a time you're going to ask the question, where are you? Where are you? And, and, and so they didn't know that they were struggling with their faith and that they were going through. But we are in our boat doing what Jesus has asked us to do. And we found ourselves out in the middle of a storm that we didn't even ask for. Again, we were all right standing on the shore. But we're out there, but not far away from you. While you are in the middle of your storm, there are other little boats straining, doing all they can to keep up with you because they see your taillight. They see the flicker of light that they're doing, yet you have on the back of your boat. And so they're bailing and they're bailing with all of their might. And they're just what they're rowing their little boat because they say, if I can just keep my eyes on the light on the back of that little boat that they're in, I know I'm going to be all right. Because, see, I'm going to tell you what their motivation is. Their motivation is that if they can make it, if they can make it, if they can make it through this storm, I can make it through this storm. So they are confident. They don't know what you're going through. They see you still pressing. Even though hell is broken all around you, they still see you still serving. Even though you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, they see you still putting one foot in front of the other. Even though you're questioning if you even are going to have the strength to put the next foot in front of the other. But they're watching you and they're saying that when they get to the other side, I'm going to be on the other side too. Because they're keeping their eyes on you because they know you are with Christ. And if you are with Christ, they're saying, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. That's what makes us living epistles. Especially to people who don't know the word. They watch how we navigate through storms. Do we throw in the towel? Do we quit? Do we become missing in action? Because we're going through? We aren't the only boat out on the sea going through a storm. There are others out there struggling like we are struggling. And the difference is Jesus, they don't know that Jesus can be with them too. But they know Jesus is with you. And because Jesus is with you, you're giving them some hope. You're giving them hope that the same Jesus who's navigating you and stepped out on your waters and said, peace, be still, and calm you. And even though you have now calmed down, he has calmed them, but he has given you that peace, but he's giving it to them as well. So now we're going to go through. And And I can say again, we don't want to go through. I like calm waters. I really do. I don't like being rocking around. 
We just came off the cruise. We had some stormy weather. Yeah, one minute the water was calm, wasn't moving. I mean, just it was almost it was almost like a, a, a velvet. We come back through that same passageway a couple of days later, and the boat is doing this. I had a couple people, but I ain't calling no names. <laughs> they in this room, and they're to my left. <laughs> they were sick as I don't know what. They couldn't stand up, couldn't do anything. And I'm standing in the room, and I'm watching. I'm in the cabin with them. That was one time I felt like Jesus in the bottom of the boat. Because at one time, the boat did a big whoop, one of these things. You know, it was like, whoom. And I, 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 I felt one of them pop up like this. And I said, just lay still. I said to myself, just lay still, keep calm. Because if they see that you're calm, that'll calm them down. <laughs> that same thing for you. Even though you felt the joke, you knew it was rocking. But if people see that you're calm, it'll calm them down. To calm them down. Because, see, here's the thing. As difficult as that journey was, that, that patch was about like six or seven hours we were going through that. And I said to them, I know it's rough, but the boat is built to handle it. You might be going through a storm right now, but you built to handle it. You built, and you can handle them. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. God is good, isn't he not? Where are my boats? Where are my little boats in here? Come on, let's just, just put your hands up. All my little boats and all my big boats and... Y'all know what it's like to have gone through. God is good. He's good. And we must remember that we're not ever living life alone. We're not living a life alone. Because there are a lot of people who are watching our footsteps. They're watching our footsteps. And because they know that we have a call on our life from God, they know that we answered. That we answered his call to come to him for salvation and redemption. Then they know that because they're with Je- that we're with Jesus, they can be with them too.